Welcome to What You Should Know About Nuclear Soils, where we, Celia and Maya, share the dirt on how ramifications of nuclear disasters are impacting soil ecosystems. Today we'll look at two sites, Fukushima and Hanford. Even with the devastating and often unimaginably horrific consequences of nuclear energy disasters, many of its proponents still believe it is a worthwhile and crucial energy frontier to pursue. About 10% of global energy currently comes from nuclear power plants, and some people believe this percentage should be much higher. Yes, supporters of nuclear power often emphasize its low cost of operation, its reliability in comparison with things like solar and wind energy, that it doesn't produce carbon emissions, and its high energy density, especially in comparison with fossil fuels. Many people believe that nuclear energy, in tandem with other renewable energy sources, are the key ways to create energy in a less environmentally devastating way for a more sustainable future. People who oppose nuclear power often acknowledge these points, but argue that its cons far away any pros. They typically emphasize the high cost of building nuclear energy plants, the potential devastation that can occur from accidents at the plants, the radioactive waste that is produced and then must be stored, the impact on the environment from the mining and enrichment of uranium, the plants being potential targets for terrorists, and lastly, that nuclear energy is not a renewable resource. One example of how nuclear energy can be damaging is its impacts on soil, which is the foundation of life for all living things. Soil acts as a habitat and as a supply for food and water by connecting water systems, surrounding aquifers, and providing stable pathways for water flow. Because of this, not only are nuclear contaminants dangerous for soil degradation, but when contaminants infiltrate soil, they have the capacity to cause damage to other systems too. Imagine a spider web, where every string connects to another, eventually creating a widespread web of ramifications. That web is the route a contaminant takes as it mobilizes in soil and seeps into groundwater, moving hundreds of miles and spreading its dangerous effects on other ecosystems. Additionally, because of long half-lives, some contaminants take thousands of years to decay and become more toxic and radioactive as they break down, which means that contamination becomes more dangerous over time. There are a variety of techniques used to clean up radioactive waste from soil, which also become more complicated and expensive when contaminants have had time to break down. Generally, an in-depth analysis needs to be conducted into how far the waste has traveled through the soil. If cleanup starts soon after disaster strikes, then usually just the topsoil needs to be removed. But if more than a few weeks have passed, radioactive materials will have had time to seep further into the soil horizons and potentially even into local groundwater, meaning a much more extensive cleanup needs to occur. Radioactive waste is also very hard to remove because of its sticky nature, meaning that once it has infiltrated a section of soil, that entire section must be removed for the area to be considered uncontaminated. Despite these difficulties, it is vital to pursue nuclear waste cleanup. There is usually a large buffer zone established around the area impacted by a nuclear disaster. For example, the Fukushima nuclear plant in Japan implemented what's called an exclusion zone, spanning 12 miles all around. All residents are evacuated from this area, and in some cases even further outside of this exclusion zone, so that workers can focus on soil cleanup. The goal is ideally for those people to be able to live on their land again, but if the land is not decontaminated, humans and other organisms cannot thrive and often cannot even survive, as nearly every part of the ecosystem is negatively affected by radioactive material. And we tracked this ramification web of nuclear disasters and the cleanup efforts it has generated at two nuclear sites, the Fukushima nuclear site in Fukushima, Japan, and the Hanford nuclear site in Washington state in the U.S. 
The 2011 Fukushima nuclear disaster occurred on March 11th when the largest earthquake ever recorded in Japan led to a tsunami which caused a major accident when a local nuclear reactor leaked radiation into the ecosystem. This series of events became known as Japan's triple disaster. Major evacuations were ordered after the meltdown and everyone about 18 miles in all directions from the nuclear plant had to leave, resulting in 150,000 people evacuating their homes. The Ministry of Environment estimated that 15 to 31 million cubic meters of contaminated soil will need to be disposed of during the decontamination project, with the cost expected to exceed a trillion yuan, or about 153.3 billion US dollars. The accident had a massive impact on the natural environment, the economic and political situation in Japan, human psychology and health, and reignited widespread discussions on nuclear energy and policies worldwide. Another example is the Hanford nuclear site in Washington state, which was commissioned in the 1940s to convert plutonium and uranium into nuclear weapons for World War II and the Cold War. At the time, environmental standards were not strongly enforced, in part because of environmental racism towards the nearby indigenous nations. Because of this, in the 40 years it was an active nuclear site, millions of gallons of radioactive waste and mine tailings were improperly disposed of. Though most of this waste was stored in buried storage tanks, it leaked into the surrounding soil ecosystems because the tanks corroded over time. The radioactive products then mobilized in the soil and seeped into the nearby Columbia River and moved downstream. Thus, negative effects were not exactly exclusive to the site itself, as over time they have spread via soil mobilization. The Hanford site is the most contaminated nuclear site in the United States and has been a huge cleanup task, as miles of soil in the surrounding area needs to be disposed of in order to ensure the site does not have any more detrimental and lasting effects on the environment. We have shared two examples here, one in Hanford where precautions were not taken and things went wrong, and one in Fukushima where all precautionary measures were taken and things still went wrong. This shows us that nuclear activities may be more disastrous than beneficial, as their effects on soil, water, and organism health can be detrimental and long-lasting if something goes wrong, which may be completely unpredictable. Thus, a conversation needs to be had globally about the benefits and drawbacks of nuclear activities. And the biggest issue that could arise in this conversation is a question of what happens when disaster strikes. And in this conversation needs to be a question of where and how contaminated soils are disposed of, since they pose the greatest threat to long-term environmental health. The examples of Fukushima and Hanford show us that site cleanup is typically the first step in remediation, but there's often not enough focus on what comes next, the waste disposal after the cleanup. In the future, it's vital that nuclear developers and global policymakers realize that a world without uncontaminated and healthy soil is a world without clean water and health for all organisms. And we want to hear from you, our listeners. What do you think the future of nuclear energy and cleanup should look like? Is nuclear energy even worth it? Leave a comment in our comment section to let us know. This has been What You Should Know About Nuclear Soils with Celia and Maya.